is not a test. This is your emergency podcast system announcing the commencement of the annual horror movie reviews, sanctioned by the Politipop podcast. Headphones of class four and lower have been authorized for use during October. All other podcasts are restricted. Movies without social commentary have been granted immunity and shall not be reviewed. Commencing at the siren, any and all hot takes, including ours, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Social media, friends, and other distractions will be unavailable until this review concludes. Blessed be Politipop, a podcast reborn. May Marks be with you all. Welcome to the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we take your favorite socially woke slash horror slash maybe torture porn franchises and discuss the social and political themes within. I am your co-host, Mike Booch, and, well, let's hope you don't wrong me for when purge time comes around. Please give it up for Ty. Hey. That's right. And we are here getting ready to review the purge election year. Rhyme unintentional. Um, While we are reviewing this movie specifically, we will be going into or more I will be going into because I found a four-DVD set of all the movies at Walmart and had to watch all of them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's how I handle it. And because one of us is working and the other is me, uh, <laughs> I had time to watch all of them and actually, uh, you know, take notes on all of them. So I'll be I'll be going in and out of election year and the other three films, uh, if that's cool with you, Ty. That, that's great. I, I mean, I saw the, uh, the, the first two films as well. I just, I had time to rewatch election year. So it's a lot more... Uh, familiar to me at, at the moment, but I, I'll jump in when I can for the other ones as well. You always say that when we do our orgies too. But before we move <laughs> forward, I want to let everybody know that you can rate and review us without donating a penny. Oh my God, really? Yes, rate and review us. It's free to do. All it takes is a little bit of your time, which in itself is actually a very valuable resource because it's the one thing you can never earn back. But please, that's why it means so much to us. So rate and review us on any of the platforms you are listening to our podcast on. It means a lot. It helps get us up there in the algorithms that we new listeners can see our podcast come up. Also, like and subscribe our... Also, check out our YouTube channel where you can subscribe to the page, like our videos, and have access to exclusive content that we don't release in podcast form. Find us on Twitter at Pod. Find us on Instagram at Podcast, And email us at politipopcast at gmail.com to let us know your thoughts. Uh, give us your reviews that you definitely put on the podcast uh, platform you're listening to us on. <laughs> and uh, also, you can find our show notes and sources at politipoppodcast.wordpress.com. Because, listen, we're not making this shit up. We're not coming up with, with, with uneducated opinions. And if we do have stuff wrong, we'll correct it. But you can find those corrections in the show notes and sources that we supply for you. And um, let's let's get into this. Ty, we're going to be moving forward with The Purge election year. I want to make sure that I let everybody know exactly what films we're referring to as which. So when I say The Purge, I mean the first film that came out in 2013. Yeah, as in the original. The original Cersei Purge. Lannister. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, when I say the purge anarchy or just anarchy, I'm referring to the second film. And when I say the first purge, <laughs> I'm referring to, I believe it's the most recent film, actually. It is. Um, yeah, okay. So I'm referring to the most recent one, and uh, and that's uh, uh, it's a prequel 
technically, to the whole series. And of course, when we say, uh, you know, when we're just talking about the movie in general, we're probably talking about election year, which is, you know, the whole thing. And we, we haven't uh, watched the the show yet, but guess what I'm going to be doing this week? Oh, you're going to be watching that show, aren't you? No, I'm going to fucking edit this podcast. Oh, right, right. doing it. And then next week, I'm going to watch the first yeah, series. Yeah, here you are. That's right. Available on uh, on my DVR and also <laughs> on Hulu, I believe. Samini, but... That's right. So, uh, and if you are expecting housekeeping, remember we're doing those episodes separate now. So head to wherever you get in our podcast, head to the YouTube channel, and uh, listen to our our housekeeping episode for the week of ten nine twenty twenty. Wow. Uh, separately from this one. Now, before we move forward, please make sure that you've seen at least one or all of these films. Uh, there are going to be detailed plot spoilers. Um, or if you're the kind of person who doesn't even need to watch the film and just want to listen to us go through it play by play, you're more than welcome to do that too. Ty, give him the plot. The Purge election year. Former police sergeant Barnes becomes head of security for Senator Charlie Roan, a presidential candidate targeted for death on Purge night due to her vow to eliminate the Purge. Wait a second. I know his name was Sergeant in Anarchy, uh, but he's a he's a former police sergeant? According to, uh, to the official plot of the Purge election year. Yes. No wonder why he was so good at killing people. <laughs> I don't know. I thought he. I thought he was at least in the military. You know. I mean, like he might have been too. We, they're not saying he wasn't in the military exclusively. You know. Yeah, they're not saying he was, but they're not saying he wasn't. But he know. is former know. police, so maybe he had enough of their bullshit and he decided to do something. Yeah. Uh, his for those of you who didn't see Anarchy, it's important for this. His big arc was that his son was killed by a drunk driver who got off. He and then he waited till purge night to avenge his son's death, decided to let the guy live at the very end because he didn't want to take a father from his family. Yeah. And uh, and and then that guy who he, he spared ended up saving him a little later on and taking him to the hospital. So, so you know, guys, take care of each other. Yeah, 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 it was. Take care of each other. Uh, but the Purge election year, uh, th- this, this was a wild, wild movie. Um, I do think that it was... I thought it was a little optimistic until the very, very end, to be honest with you. What, what did you think of it as a whole? Uh, I, I really enjoyed the film. Um, I, re- I thought the, the Purge, the original film, was not great. I thought it had a lot of issues. I really liked Anarchy, and I thought this was a really good cap to the trilogy. Um, and I think it had some great social commentary that I may have missed the first time I watched this. Uh, it, it, you know, It's a little bit of an action movie. It's a little bit horror and it it's definitely uh politically relevant so i i thought it was good overall They're, you know not perfect by any means it's a little over the top at times but definitely an enjoyable film yeah i think they took the uh the purge and really built on it as the films went on and i think the reason for that actually and i have, I have no basis for this um by the way but but in my opinion the reason would be because uh people just didn't get it you know, the the Purge yeah. came out in 2013, and they were like, oh, that's a fun idea. You know, you have you know, you know, have a well-to-do family who gets rich off of selling security systems for the annual Purge, and then you have uh, the other people who are also, you know, uh, or wealthy white people who hunt down whoever they want with impunity and kill them on that night, and it's a little, it's a little game to them. Uh, but you also have... Um, you know, you you have you have aspects of morality that go through all the films, and uh, while the first one was more of a thriller, maybe horror flick that's very contained, it takes place in one uh, one house. Yeah, it's a home invasion film, right? Like the, like like strangers or or something like that. Yeah, like strangers or Panic Room or actually, it was a good combination of the two. Yeah, strangers and Panic Room. That being said, I've never seen Panic Room, uh, but <laughs> but yeah, but uh, so. 
so they I think it was kind of like this cautionary tale of like guys listen you know if we don't take care of of everybody and uh and we don't um you know we don't we don't look out for our marginalized citizens uh you know we could end up passing laws like this we could have our own per- you know and, and that yep. was it was very subtle if you wanted it when i first saw it uh like you said i wasn't super into it when i watched it this time i was like oh shit this is pretty <laughs> relevant and then yeah. anarchy went even more insane and then the purge election year stuck it right in your fucking face yeah they uh, did you know we're you know they're at the beginning they're talking about how you know there are riots in the capital happening and we'll talk about Ronan in a sec but in the beginning they're talking about how there you know there are riots in the capital over you know anti-purge people and pro-purge people um you know they're saying uh you know that that the purge has helped because there are fewer and fewer people living below the poverty line crime is down but the one thing they don't want to tell you is that it's because all of the vulnerable people are being killed off in the purge they say there's less welfare less health care let you know uh less less um less public housing and stuff but the fact is that it's just they've called off the people who require those resources and use those that money to line the pockets of the one percent we even see a t-shirt there that says hands up don't shoot which is uh what happened after the mike brown shooting yeah and this is like this movie's like mitch mcconnell's wet dream you know like this is this is what they <laughs> this is what he wants you know uh not to have to worry about the people that that are struggling you know in america like why not just kill them off and let let uh, let us do it to each other. They don't have to get their hands dirty. Um, and I think the the this film was very successful, uh, as well as Anarchy, because you kind of go into the streets now and you see what's happening. You know, on, on Purge Night, you're seeing uh, you know people who are fighting for their lives, and they're relatable characters. You know, they're not this this rich family hiding out in a house. They're they're shop owners. They're you know people trying to uh, treat the injured in, in a volunteer you know uh, medical vehicle. Like you know, they're they're people that that you can that you can root for and get behind and and maybe even see a little of yourself in if you were in this in this world. Uh, and yep. election year came out in 2016. So July first, twenty sixteen. I just looked it up yep. because I was like, no way they would have the balls to release this when you have like a progressive candidate running against you know, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a wild radical right wing candidate. Yep. There's no way they would release a movie like that months before the election. But they did. <laughs> they sure. They did. did. And this election in particular in the movie is uh, is happening between Charlie Roan who uh <laughs> we talked about it off mic but i've watched a lot of horror movies recently it's it's the season right tis the season for horror movies and there's been a charlie in so many of them <laughs> hereditary had a charlie the 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 purge in 2013 had a charlie i watched fright night uh charlie brewster was the was the main character and uh and of course now we have the purge election year with a with a charlie in it as well do, do you know uh, what charlie but, means in old english or no what does Charlie mean? I have no idea, but I was just I was curious if you looked it up. Uh, it's I actually oh shit I looked it up. It's a Celtic origin being short for Charles. What? Weird. Wow. Weird. 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 Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a fucking lie. But it, Charlie <laughs> is short for Charles. I'm not sure in the regard of this woman who's no, running. Uh, not. Charlie Roan, 18 years ago, her family was being purged by some maniacs who had a purging playlist. Uh, which, if I was gonna do it, I probably do something similar i love my music uh but uh 
And they all they they played uh, George Clinton. Uh, we want the funk, which uh, which was interesting. George Clinton was also a, a governor back in the day. Uh, he was governor of New York, and he sided with uh, with George Washington on a lot of different things. He actually supported uh, Alexander Hamilton in strengthening the federal government. Look how that turned out. Thanks a lot, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So her family was was being purged, and the last game that that these purgers played on that night was letting the mother of the family, the matriarch, decide who gets to live. And I'm a little stupid because originally I thought that she was the mom and she chose herself to live. Oh. But her age just doesn't make any sense. And I was like, no, that's, damn it, that's not right. Uh, but she was actually chosen out of her family to live. And 18 years later, she has made it her goal to get rid of the purge. And so she, there, there's a lot of Bernie analogies to make. The, yes. You know, the, the big one I saw, obviously, uh, other than being a progressive candidate that that's anti-establishment, was just that she's been working on this for 18 years. Yeah, it's her whole life now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just want to let listeners know, like, think of the long game, because we talked about this on our housekeeping episode. Listen to that one, too. Uh, we talked about it uh you know, on our housekeeping episode this week that like, you know, it can be exhausting. It can be emotionally exhausting. You might forget that certain things are going on. You overlook certain things because it's just too much. You take a break from from social media or the media in general just to just to take care of yourself, which is absolutely fine. I've been doing the same thing. But make sure that you get back into it and know what's going on because the long game is what's important. Bernie Sanders has been fighting for the right thing his entire career, continually gets shit on and still keeps doing it. I can't say if his, uh, you know, Sisyphus-like uh, work ethic has has been a good thing or not. <laughs> but but honestly, he's been fighting. If, if if when he first started fighting for civil rights and for the common people, he he got shot down and was like, oh fuck it. You and I never would have heard of him. No, no, we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have. So so you know, think of the long game. Change doesn't doesn't come right away. That being said, I'm not a fan of the whole idea of gradual moving to the left. Like oh, gradually things are going to change gradually. Blah blah. Fuck that. Things do have to change. Doesn't yeah. have to be gradual, but this may be a fight that's longer than one fucking year, you know? Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, Roan realizes that, you know, she's she's running now, uh, you know, for president and she knows it has to change this way, right? Like she has to win in order to get this done. And I really, you know, talking about comparing her to Bernie and I really like her uh, in terms of being just like a down to earth kind of person, you know, on, on purge night, she refuses to hide in a bunker, you know, because she's like, you know, how, how can I tell people that, you know, they, they have to try and survive on their own on purge night and I'm, I'm hiding out. I have to be like them, you know, I'm going to stay at home. Um, she, you know, she tells, uh, you know, Barnes who's, who's protecting her, you know, one of the main characters in, from anarchy to, to secure her house, you know, do the best best he can, and it does look like she's living in poverty, right? She has a nice home, you know. She she probably does. No, have she's some doing money. all right. Yeah, she's doing all but right. But she is also in the suburbs of, of Washington D.C. She's not super far from, uh, you know, from like when the purge happens that night. Spoiler alert: There's a purge in this movie. Um, <laughs> you know, when it does happen, like she she isn't far from the streets where where shit's gonna go down, like. You know, she's close enough to the common people. Exactly. Yep. And, and you know, she's going to win this thing fair and square, um, you know, a- as a person who has survived the purge and has been directly affected by it and, and for the people that continue to be directly affected by it. One thing I found uh, really, I don't know if it, if it was really cool, but... Uh, but after the exposi- ex- after the montage exposition dump that they have in the beginning of the film, you know, they're talking about how, like, you know, there's a group of people that are, like, anti-NFFA. 
And I was like, oh, that's a short way of saying Antifa. Uh, the NFFA yeah. <laughs> are the new founding fathers of America. For those of you who aren't aware of... Actually, maybe we should just say the entire environment. Like, So basically... In the universe of The Purge, there was a time of incredible poverty, terrible economic crisis, terrible crime rates, and the new founding fathers of America are a regime of white dudes who came in to save everybody. Uh, but they're not the white saviors that we see in movies like Charlie Rowan. They are white saviors who are who we see in real life, the ones who are actually there to hurt you. And uh, and they determined that they were going to try an experiment, and the and this experiment would let all crime be legal for 12 hours throughout the country and that would allow people to purge out the evil that we naturally have in our souls and then for the rest of the year there would be less crime uh but what they don't tell you and i'm going to go to the movie the first purge right now what they don't tell you is that the original experiment didn't go as well as they thought it would have gone really what they yeah so they actually um turned the tables on it and the guy one of the people who was running the experiment it was all it was all supposed to be staten island that's where it took place and they found a bunch of people in the poor neighborhoods of staten island and paid them five thousand dollars to stay on to stay on the island during the experiment even even the purge is corrupt (laughs) like like literally the purge night right like they they couldn't even do that just organically they they had a rig it still well, and of course, uh, not only did they pay people to stay and participate in the purge, you know, which these are these are these are poor people of color in the first purge movie, um, you know, uh, which which is interesting that they're being asked to risk their lives for the economy, which is very similar to how we are with COVID nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is a post COVID COVID world, I would imagine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the people running the experiment actually called in like a bunch of white supremacist groups, which we see in this movie too, to start changing things and start making people more violent. So, you know, they were killing people and then people were killing back and things actually got worse. And that's how they were like, listen, people had to kill. You saw how many deaths there were during the experiment. That means the purge works. And that's, that's how the purge started. So the entire purge was started on a lie. And we see in multiple movies, especially election year, that the purge is used as an excuse for, uh, sorry, people's patriotism is used as an excuse to justify the purge. They say, it's my right as an American, which we hear so often in real life, right? Yeah. It's my right as an American to own a gun. It's my right as an American to do this and do that and, you know. I mean, it is my right as an American to own a gun, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you but no, to like, these throughout the movie, you're right. They, they constantly say, we'll purge. It's the American way, right? Like, you know, you have people coming from other countries who want to experience, you know, what an American uh, purge night is like, you know? It's it's just, it's so American as as a cheeseburger and, and, and fries, you know? Like, they... They just with an apple pie an and apple a good pie old Coca-Cola and, to wash it down and baseball and yep. you know good old boys now. But you know it, it's just become such a part of society for for us as Americans in, in this film and uh, you know the, the whole world recognizes that. Yeah, and I want to note that uh, that one of the new founding fathers actually has the same initials of Donald Trump. It, it, it's DT. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, I don't. I'm not sure if they mention it in this movie, but but they do mention it in in one of the others. However, the guy who is running against Charlie Roan in the debate that this movie starts off in, he has a very Trump-like cadence. He's he's uh, you know he's he's thinner, he's more handsome, he's got brown hair, not fake. Uh, you know, uh, blonde mop hair, and he he has you know Caucasian skin, not orange. But but he has a very interesting cadence. And if you watch, I don't know how to explain it, but if you watch the movie, you'll get it. And uh, and he also uses like religion as a means to uh, to to justify the Persian. He cites the American Revolution and World War II and, you know, saying that, guess what? America has to make sacrifices all the time. Amer- we sacrificed Americans for the revolution. We sacrificed Americans in World War II. Um, you know, so we had to sacrifice people during the purge. But what kind of people are being sacrificed exactly is the question. Yeah. It's you know the people that that suffer the 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 poor and uh, you know people of color as usual right as as we see in in society today. Yes, yeah, that you know that a lot of the you know a lot of the laws that are that are put in place end up uh, helping one group and and marginalizing another. So while while everyone is allowed to purge, like every, like all the poor people are also allowed to purge. You know, normally uh, people with level ten government clearance are not allowed to purge or they're not allowed to be purged i'm not sure if they're allowed to purge they definitely purge they all have a yeah they they're have allowed a to they have, they, yeah they gather at a church every every year for purge night and instead of risking their own lives they have people grab a bunch of uh you know grab a bunch of um have nots if you can call them that or yeah. undesirables and and they just they just purge them all in a very comfortable uh sanitized environment and um i mean it he is right though like America has always sacrificed people like the American Revolution. Think about how many slaves and poor people were sacrificed. And it's it's not like it's not like rich people were going to be soldiers. No, no. being a soldier was if you survived was a means for economic improvement. It was upward mobility for people. And a lot of people don't realize that it that, still that is. There I mean, yes, yes, that's very true. It very much is, and even then, you still have homeless vets and stuff. You still have veterans who are forgotten about after they, after they, quote unquote, fight for our rights. Because I don't remember last time my rights were over in Iraq. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> they were coming uh, for them eventually. We just got ahead of it. Yeah, yeah, um, but but yeah, it mostly it is always the poor people who end up having to be sacrificed, whether it's war in real life or the purge in this universe. Um, you know, and he cites economic ruin too. He says the purge saved this country from economic ruin. And, you know, but, but like really the people who are ruined economically in the first place didn't have anything to lose. Yeah. You know, and, and they, you know, they keep ignoring that. It's a lot of, it's a lot of half truths. And uh, and Roan isn't really about letting him get away from it. She says, well, think about the insurance companies that benefit from the purge and the NRA that benefits because everybody yep. needs guns and stuff. And, um, you know, I I thought of the uh, a lot of counterpoints to communism. Like one of the big counterpoints is that people are naturally greedy. So communism could never work. We would never be able to take care of each other. Right. Because people are naturally greedy. And it's it's to me, it's kind of similar that they say people are naturally ugly. They naturally have this rage in their souls that we need to to get out. So everybody needs to purge. But I think it's just the fucking sickos. That yeah. Really need yeah. To need to purge. And they're they're the ones who are benefiting the most from it. You know, because I, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't. I wouldn't see myself going out on purge night. Like, I, I really wouldn't. You know, definitely not killing people. That's for sure. Um, and and these movies definitely, uh, they they make it too over the top, right? Like you see some of the craziest people in the streets here. Yeah, you they, know. So 
so that's why I mentioned the torture porn at the beginning too, because like the first purge was a little more uh, sanitized, and even then the director and writer said that uh, that the, he had one draft of the script that was like really sick that only one person ever saw. Wow! And they had to water it down a lot to you know to get just even an R rating for that film. Um, but yeah, as it is. You know, it is a movie franchise, and they need to one-up everything. So, like, in Anarchy, they one-upped it. And then in Election Year, you know, the, you see um, Lainey. She's driving around in the medic van trying to help people. And um, and you see that there's a guy who uh, who's, like, right up against their window. He just gets shot in the head with a crossbow bolt. <laughs> there's, um, you know, there's people with a guillotine in the alley just fucking decapitating people. Which, I mean, if they're billionaires, fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah there's yeah. also, like, uh, and there's also... um. There was a car that had three people strapped to the hood for some reason and a bunch of people wearing masks. And uh, and uh, actually, can I talk about the masks for a quick sure, second? Sure, sure. So I had wondered watching this movie if uh, if the mask was something that people started off with or if if it came about as the holiday became more sensationalized. What do you think? Um, I think it probably people dress as, up in full costumes. Yeah, I think it became version. more sensationalized. Right. It's like Halloween. They even say at one point, "This is Halloween for adults." The purge is Halloween for adults, so it's a it's a chance to to live out your wildest dream. You want to get this crazy outfit and go murder people on purge night, you know? You, you want to get all your friends together and do this, become like a little, you know? They they dress like the founding fathers. I mean, they they go all over over the top uh, w- with these outfits, these costumes. So no, I don't I don't think that started that way. I think it's it's become. Uh, another way to make money off it too, right? Like companies probably sell these costumes, you know, the perfect purge night outfit, you know, be like the founding fathers, you know, I'm sure they spin in all kinds of ways and it obviously works and it works very well. Two things. One, I didn't like that guy because Halloween is already Halloween for adults. Agreed. I love Halloween. Right? You know, (laughs) I I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, But in the first purge, they noted during the experiment that people started wearing their own masks. The first night, the first experiment, people were wearing masks, uh, which blew me away. But it, it kind of does make sense because a lot of these people are also very uh, ashamed. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you mean like Halloween masks or like... like uh, No, like, I mean like, ho- like fucking crazy masks. Uh, I mean like wild, extravagant masks. Huh, like not just you know not just a ski mask or something. Yeah, because that that's what I would have yeah. thought, just to hide their identity, not so much to like get into the spirit. Interesting. Okay. I think it is an American thing, though. It's just kind of in our nature to sensationalize stuff. Like we had Trump run for president, and now everyone's wearing Trump stuff, and yeah. you know it's a marketing thing. You know he's a he's not just a president; he's a brand. I mean, he always kind of has been. Yeah, but yeah, this, this, this is probably his most successful brand yet, right? It's, um, yeah, his his yeah. Definitely, he hasn't had a lot of success to be honest. So, this was uh, <laughs> yeah. this was a big one for him. The bar the bar was low. Um, not to be confused with his, <laughs> his lawyer, but uh, but yeah, the um, but yeah, think about like the Fourth of July too. How it became a celebration of independ how it started as a celebration of independence, and then it became like you know uh, American flag bikinis, American flag shirts, socks. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, uh, what was it? Oh, I'm enjoying. Oh. Uh, celebrating my freedom every day like there's so many things that are meant to push the uh the the brand of the united states rather than 
the actual values or, or the actual practices that it's a part of. Well, it's a capitalist country, right? And that's that's what it's always going to come down to. How how can money be made off of people? I mean, there, uh, during COVID, you know, you had people uh, stockpiling hand sanitizer and and things like that and trying to sell them at like seven times the price. You know, if there's a way to make money off it, Americans will do it. Uh, and that, yeah. that's just, you know, that's what we see here in The Purge. Uh, did you, you now? By, by the way, did you catch that Senator Rohn was a third-party candidate? So I didn't catch that, but I did notice there was a third person on the stage. I thought that was the third-party candidate. The way this was going, they only concentrated. On I two know. People. In, in uh, one of the first reports about her in the very beginning, they said you know uh, third-party candidates really gaining steam or something along those lines. So I thought that was interesting. You know, she's she's like a, a Green Party candidate or, or or something like that, or you know uh, the People's Movement candidate maybe in the in the future. You know, someone who who's not just part of this two-party system. Um, and she actually makes it to the election, right? She's she's running against uh, against the president here, the, the to possibly be I the new they, president. Do they call them the minister or the president? I don't know. I feel I think they use both actually. Yeah, they go back and forth. They use the new founding fathers a lot. Um, which actually, speaking of which, there is this ca- there is this saying that they have every time they're about to purge, which is um, uh, blessed be the new founding fathers and uh, blessed be. Uh, America who lets us purge or some, something along those lines. Yeah, some, some cold stuff. Yeah, some cold stuff. The one thing I want to focus on, though, is that it's always the founding fathers before America, which I mentioned in our housekeeping this week. Like, people love the the leader more than they love the country. Like, yeah. people, lo- they don't love America. They love Trump. Let's be real. Yeah, that's you know, true. It, you know, they might just burn America down if Trump loses, which, you know, we'll we'll discuss that a little later on in this episode. If we're alive. But yeah, uh, the um another thing that I that I wanted to note was, you know, even with our own masks, when we're trying to, you know, keep others safe from COVID, that has become its own market, which, you know, there are some pretty cool masks, but like, that was the first thing was like, how can we monetize and stylize these masks? Oh yeah. Immediately you you saw everything from horror movie, uh, recreations of Jason Voorhees mask to superhero ones, you name it. Yep. Sports teams and stuff. Um, so yeah, so originally for some reason I thought that instead of sergeant his name was lieutenant because in anarchy they don't call Leo by like on the subtitles. Yeah. He's just in it as sergeant. Interesting. Yeah, they don't call him by his name. Even if you go to the credit, if you go to the IMDb page, he's he's credited as sergeant. They probably weren't planning on bringing him back. I mean, it's a good move they did. You know, I think he's a very strong character. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. But uh but yeah, so I thought I I was like lieutenant and I'm like, is he Lieutenant Leo? And then I but I was like, no, he was Sergeant Sergeant Leo. Sergeant Leo. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, of course, there's also this moment where um, where Party in the USA is being played by by uh, you know by these girls who uh, earlier on these girls had tried to shoplift from a local a local shop. Was it a deli or a convenience store? A little bit of both. Yeah, I, I think it's it's like yeah, I think it's like a convenience store. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, I think because he was talking about um, Marcos cutting onions or something so it might it might have been a deli but it's a it's a small black owned business and uh joe dixon is the guy who owns it he has this dude named marcos working for him who is a, he's an immigrant from uh, juarez mexico and uh he has a couple of people who frequent the the store one of them is laney who now she goes out during purge nights as a medic but she used to be known as fuck le el muerte pequeño la muerte pequeña yeah, she used to be known as La Muerte Pequeña, which meant the little death. Yeah. Which yep. is also 
what some cultures call an orgasm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in French, it's le petit mort. I'm, I'm very, uh, and I, I definitely didn't pronounce that as well as I pronounced the Spanish version, but um, <laughs> le petit mort. Uh, but um, but yeah. So she was actually legendary for uh, uh, for killing people. So she actually helps to stop these these girls from shoplifting. These are both uh, young black girls too. Yeah. And they tell her they're like, "Oh, Lainey, you used to be our hero. You look pretty whitish now." Despite the fact that she's the one that they're the ones dressed in like Catholic schoolgirl uniforms. And stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, well, you know, and its business has obviously been around. It's a mainstay of the neighborhood. You know, Joe, the owner, mentions that Lainey tried to rob from him back in the day, you know, yes. when she was a kid. So, you know, he, he's been in this neighborhood a long time. Um, and, and, and he, he, you know, he does care about it. We, we slowly learn, you know, he cares about, about the people here and, and, you know, helping each other out. And, you know, he, he gave Marcos a chance and obviously won over Laney's trust and friendship. Uh, it's, it's a good group. It's a good group that they introduce us to here. Yeah, it is nice to see the narrative shift from a very white group in the in the first one, in which the only character of color was the homeless man they let into the house. Right. Yep. Really, really quick, I want to just bring this to, like, because I came to this conclusion that Ethan Hawke's family in The Purge is actually just, like, a liberal Democrat family. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Because cause they're very much like, oh, like, we don't purge personally, but it's every American's right to purge. And it's like, you know, you may not you may not participate in certain practices, but you'll still you'll still support those practices and vote for them despite how many people they kill. And they you know, they finally find out like the, the type of people who are affected by this. And it takes a long time for Ethan Hawke to be guilted into doing the right thing in this movie. You know, he's just trying to keep his family safe. Uh, but. You know, but, uh, you know, this, this, you know, his kid lets in, um, I don't want to say a fugitive, uh, his kid lets in somebody who's running away from these one percenters who are trying to kill him. Uh, and, and he's a black man, he's homeless, he has dog tags on, so you could tell he's a veteran. And, um, and Ethan Hawke at one point in the movie tells him, you're going to die anyway. You can die like a coward or die like a man. Like, that's it. And he's not saying, like, he's going to kill him. Like, in order to save his own family, Ethan Hawke has to give up this dude to the one percenters outside. Yeah. Who specifically mentioned, like, listen, we're the haves. You know, I could tell by by the flowers out front that you support the purge. Very similar to keeping an American flag out front in order to show that you're patriotic. You know, we, sh- we see that you support the purge. We can tell by your house that you're good people. You're educated people. Like, you know, there even from there, there's a, there's a huge class distinction that has to be made. But it is a white family deciding the fate of a black man yeah uh which which does get turned on its head at the end and i think it's very purposeful like these films aren't trying to be white savior films no they're definitely not yeah and i think it's very much about like you know you can try to be but we're still going to have our own opinions as people of color and we're still going to fight the way we need to fight and this you know the second movie it's all about frank grillo's character uh lieutenant leo no i'm kidding sergeant uh, and and he ends up meeting a you know a Latina woman and her daughter, and then the third movie is actually mostly people of color, and I think the fourth one, uh, the first purge, is pretty much all people of color. Like like the people like the few white people who are in the film are just the ones running things. <laughs> yeah, well, like <laughs> even like Barnes, yeah. you know, like he's a I think he's a really likable character. He's a really interesting character. Uh, he's definitely badass. Where you get a lot of great action scenes from him. But like you know, part of his wait, arc. Wait, Barnes. Barnes is Sergeant. Sergeant Leo Barnes. Yeah, that's his name. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I uh, I I I never got. I just started with Sergeant. I'm just accepting him as Leo. Barnes is a whole new thing. So I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> what were you saying about him? <laughs> yeah, he, he's a great character, but you know his arc is kind of. 
he gets redeemed and saved by by these other people, by people of color, right? Like he finds a different yes. purpose. Yes, he, he does. you know, he winds up choosing to to help them and, and and save them and use his skills and his privilege in a way to kind of help them survive, uh, which in turn you know makes him a better person. Yeah, that's what that's what being an ally is all about, really. Yep, you exactly. know, using what skills and what privilege you do have, uh, you know, to 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 help those who may not have those things. Yes. And, and in election year, you know, he, he's obviously keeping, uh, you know, the Senator, Senator Rohn alive. You know, he's, he's got a great skill set. He's really doing everything he can, but he can't do it alone. And we, and we see that throughout the film that he has to rely on these people, uh, these other people, these other characters to, to help him, uh, you know, keep her alive to, to make a difference. And, you know, and that, that starts from, you know, Joe, the, the owner of the deli who gets involved later, you know, to, to, uh, to, to Dante Bishop, who I know we just started kind of mentioning now, if we want to talk a little bit more about him and, and where his role is in this film. Yeah. So Dante Bishop actually does have a name. Uh, he's the <laughs> yeah. he's the he's the guy who Ethan Hawke's family saves in the first movie, um, and by the way, that ends with him in turn saving them. So that's two movies back to back. It's very much the idea of like you know live and let live, yep. uh, which which I do like, and more so not just live and let live because he does kill some people in order to save Ethan Hawke's family, but it's more so just the this idea of we have to take care of each other which you know as comrades we know that that does go back to to communism. Yep. Com it's about community community and communism that's literally where the words come from so so it is about taking care of each other and we see that in multiple films and in anarchy at the very end the resistance comes in and you know kenneth michael williams yeah uh, who, who we talked lovecraft about in the lovecraft country. country episodes yeah he's here leading the resistance i would have loved to have seen him in election year yeah um but great. uh but yeah so so he's here leading the resistance and who's with him Dante Bishop, the yep. guy who was saved in the first film. And Dante Bishop plays a much larger role in this film as well uh, because it seems like he he kind of is the de facto leader of the resistance now, right? Yeah, he's he's John Connor now, you know. He's he's uh he, he's leading <laughs> them. He you know, he's quoted on on the news and everything, right? He's he's the one talking yes. about yes, how, how the founding fathers are are using uh, the purge to kill people, you know, that that are struggling. You know, he talks about no welfare, uh, you know, le- less housing, less less all that stuff. They're using it to, to build the economy. You know, he he is an outspoken uh, fighter of of the purge and of the government. Um, you know, both from a political standpoint and and from guns and boots on the ground. You know, he he is he is physically fighting it every year. Yeah, and um and also they are housing people like uh, you know they have food and medical supplies. For, for you know, this is actually it's very like Black Panther like, right? Because the Black Panthers, you know, some people say like, oh, they were just a terrorist organization that was around to kill cops and blah blah blah. No, they they were about community as well. They had breakfast programs for for impoverished children to be able to eat before they went to school and stuff. Like, yep. you know that that's what it was about, and and that's what that's what this resistance is is doing as well. I want to take a bit to talk about uh, what people are wearing during the purge. Uh, we did mention masks earlier. Uh, we you know we we floated by the. You know the the shoplifting girls who come back later on to uh, to attack the convenience store. Is uh th- does Ethan Hawke's family live? So Ethan Hawke dies, but his family does live. Oh, okay, I remembered him dying, and and then when you said he uh, a bishop saved him, I was like, really? I was like, man, I really thought he died in that film. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he kind of does. Like after the guy stabs Ethan Hawke, Bishop shoots Bishop shoots him in the head, but it's a little late by that point. Yeah, but he yeah. is there to like when when uh, Lena Headey and the rest of her family, yes, yeah, Cersei's in it, uh, nice. when they're like about to be slaughtered by their neighbors yep. of all people. 
um, Bishop comes in and and saves her, and in doing so, only kills one person, which I really <laughs> liked because he like he could have shot all of them. He has military training; it was there, but. You know, let's go back to that Yellowstone quote I said a few episodes ago, right? I've killed more men than anyone I know, but I've never murdered one. And that's very much right. it. Like, at the end of that movie, Bishop is very much about, like, I'm not killing unless I have to. Yeah, exactly. And, yep. uh, yeah, so, 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 yeah, so he, you know, he's able to save their family. He moves on to the, you know, to the third movie. Um, you know, the things people wear, we talked about how extravagant they get, you know, the princess girls who were the shoplifters and everything. Um, you know, they're, they're playing party in the USA, which is, you know, glorification of a country that actually isn't, isn't so, isn't so glorious, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and also we have, uh, the murder Taurus who I want to talk about for a quick sec. We're bouncing around plot wise a little bit, but, uh, the murder Taurus are coming from Russia and all these, you know, all these other countries to, to partake in the purge, which I personally don't think they should be allowed to because they're not American citizens. Yeah. I was really surprised by that. Yeah. I thought that that was a little weird, but, uh, you know, but once again, the purge helps the economy. So they're, you know, they're all about making money wherever they can. Uh, but you know, these people, it's interesting that you have a, you know, Russian voices behind American faces, uh, you know, which in 2016, very applicable, you know, they dress up as like lady Liberty, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, and, and they're going out to commit terrible acts too. But I really like that because it's as if the outsiders see America for what it really is. George Washington is a murderer. George yeah. Washington was a slave owner. You know, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln, you know, uh, uh, so once again, take a drink. People's history of the United States. Uh, <laughs> he was, you know, he was not the the hero that people claim he was where like, oh, he freed the slaves and all this other stuff. He wanted to send those slaves back to Africa because while he might not have uh, agreed with like literal slavery he never saw whites and blacks as equal and he said as much he you know he was in louisiana on the campaign trail talking about that talking about how like he wouldn't outright come out against slavery yeah you know, I mean, it's so, just a fact right like yeah. <laughs> it, it is it's literal history so you know so and of course you have lady liberty um the one you know the that was a pretty cool mask with the light up and everything and you know the when the mask that she had i'm not sure i think it was an actual woman wearing it when the mask she had lit up they had x's over the eyes and i really like that idea of like liberty is dead yeah you know like yeah you know, I had it out with someone on Twitter uh, a little while as i do and one of them was like oh like you know free country blah 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 and i said what are you free to do what are you free to do? Ooh. You're free to you're free to to vote for whoever they tell you to vote for. Okay? You're not, you know, you're like obviously certain laws are put in place for a reason. Like you're not free to kill anyone whenever you want. Fine. I don't want to do that. But you know, like you're you're not free to build a certain thing on your house unless you get unless you get the right uh the right clearance for it. You're not free to to own your own land unless you have enough, you know, enough money to buy it and stuff. Like land is literally public. There's no reason why, you know, why land should be doled out by the government. Okay. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's, it's not even our land, it's native land, especially on long Island where every other town is named after a native <laughs> tribe that was, that was fucking either slaughtered or swindled out of their land. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and that, be, you know what, I want to take a break real quick from my digression of a digression of a digression to talk about how, whether or not I would go out to do the purge depends on a couple things. Do I have money and resources? If I do, I'm totally getting some body armor, taking a couple guns with me for protection. I'm going to Best Buy. 
I'm fucking looting the shit out of it. And I'd imagine the other people who are looting Best Buy instead of killing people, they might be pretty cool too. Yeah. So we can hang out with that, you know. But like you probably can't because Best Buy can afford uh, to Best Buy can afford that protection. That's yeah, a good point. exactly. Like you know, the you know, places you'd have you to have would one of those lose. special saws, like they like they have in. The, oh, that'll be a perfect way to bring it back. Uh, you'd have to have you know one of those special saws or or you know something to pull the shields off the doors. Yeah. Um, so so who gets you know, hurt? Small businesses, right? The community gets hurt again because if you can't go to Best Buy and you can't go to Target, you're gonna go to you know Joe's TV Land down the street and you're gonna you're gonna break in there and you're, you're gonna steal his stuff and and he doesn't. He can't afford it. He can't afford the purge protection because they raise the rates, right? They do that to Joe, the owner of the deli. Yep, uh, Joe Dixon. In, in this in this film, you know, he he gets a call the night before the purge, the day before the purge, the night before the fucking purge. Yeah, they tell him they've raised his rates. He owes thousands of dollars to keep his insurance. He can't pay that. He has a small business. He has he doesn't have that kind of money, and he loses his his purge insurance. So now he has to put his own life on the line, stay at the shop, and protect it because he he he's gonna lose everything otherwise. It's you know, and that's that's what you see, and that it, it sucks. It really really sucks. And there is a lot of interesting discourse throughout the movie from beginning to end, where Dix uh, Dixon Joe, the owner of the deli, Joe Dixon, he's very like. He he he's very um contrarian. Like you know, they're talking about oh, I believe that Roan can really make a difference, and he's like, I don't believe they can make a difference. Like uh, you know, he says later on to Roan's face, I lost my faith in in the system a long time ago. But he still believes in the American dream, which is so interesting. He helps out Lainey, who was a shoplifter, helps get her out of the life. I believe she used to. I think they imply that she used to be a gang member too. Yeah. They help Marco. You know, he helps Marcos find a job after he moved from Mexico. Yeah. And he wants to make him a partner, because, right? He wants to. Yeah, get, he wants to make him a partner and possibly owner one day. You know, he says, "Live the American dream," and it, it really is beautiful, but it's also sad. Yeah, you know? yeah. He wants to purify. It. He wants to get it back to what what people are told is the American dream. You know, not 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 the reality of it. What you know, what it should be in its purest form, and that's giving you know people immigrants a chance you know people people of all backgrounds the opportunity to to live the life they want um to own something uh which you just you don't really you very rarely see that anymore in, in real life and and obviously in this world as well yeah yeah you know what pisses me off about the whole like um you know they're coming into our country and all this other shit like most likely they're coming at the border okay yeah <laughs> The yep. reason those states are on the border is because they were Mexico already, you fucks. Yeah, we we took their home, <laughs> and now they're yes. coming back to it, and we're like, you can't come here. It's not your home. But it is my home. Like, like you can't do that. Yeah, and obviously there are immigrants who come from other countries that uh, aren't Mexico, you know, and they may they might be South American countries or, or other or Caribbean islands and stuff like that. But, like... Just just when you think of the base, it, the Mexicans are the ones everyone's afraid of, right? Yeah. Like Mexican, you know, Mexicans are going to come over here, and I, I don't know what they think they're going to do, but but um, but the point is, is that like Mexico, not too long before, uh, ha- before they went to war with the United States, it's called the Mexican-American War, but America is two continents, so yeah. I don't like to call it that. Before they went to war with the United States, they had just fought off Spain to yep. gain their fucking yeah. independence. They were natives, right? Like this is they their were natives, home. yes. There were natives that Spain fucking colonized and fucking raped until, you know, they, they were, they, you know, they became Mexican. No, but like, you know, eventually the natives and the Spanish became, you know, Mexicans in Mexico. Yep. Like, exactly. 
So, yeah, so Marcos talks about when he was in Mexico and he says, like, every day in Juarez was like the purge, man. Like, so he, you know, he's there with Joe protecting his business. And yeah, um, he knows how to use a gun, right? Like, he, he, he's just, he comes off like the sweet kid, but he can defend himself. He can fight, uh, you know, and, and he's, he's a damn willing good to. shot, too. He's a damn good shot. He's a good shot, yeah. He, you know, he, he uh, shoots off the ear of one of the princesses. I think her name is Kimmy, uh, one of the shoplifting girls. And then they're like, oh, we'll come back later, blah, blah, blah. Real quick thing to notice, they had their cars covered in Christmas lights. Yeah, I did notice that. It was pretty You can only pretty get wild. away with that kind of traffic violation during the purge. Like, <laughs> yes. Honestly, that's the real thing, too, is, like, I would commit a shitload of white-collar crime. You know, I would, like, so much. Like, fucking insider trading, like, a lot of stealing, theft, and stuff like that. Um, you know, from the people who deserve it. But, um... You know, but that that's another interesting thing, too, is like in this and in real life, they always talk about how crime is down or how some towns have more crime. Like here we talk about how like, oh, Brentwood has so much crime and Central Islip has so much crime and Huntington Station has so much crime. But they're not talking about how, you know, where we fucking came from in Northport, there were how many overdoses, how much drug yeah. stuff going on. Like you're only talking about when brown people kill other brown people or white people. That's that's the only cr- type of crime you care about. Yeah, they don't want they don't want to focus on, on white crime yeah. because. You know, that that goes against the narrative, right? Yeah, it it, it really does. Um, so Marcos and Joe, they end up uh they end up having to put themselves in a situation where they're gonna help a couple of characters we met earlier. These characters, uh Sergeant Leonardo Barnes and and uh <laughs> Senator Charles Roan. Charlie Roan. <laughs> Charlie Roan. Uh, they're, they're both, you know, hold up, being all protected in the house and everything. But it turns out the security detail, they got people on the inside. Yep. So the real security detail gets fucking sniped out by a bunch of white supremacist militia dudes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, the new founding fathers scared. were not going to let her even get to election day because they, they couldn't take the chance that she would legitimately win. They have to take her out on this night. Yeah, and we did mention earlier how government uh, level ten government people are now open game, right? I did mention that, right? Yeah, uh, so, I don't um, know if you did. I, I actually don't remember, but they they are. All right, well, just change the rules of this. Time yeah, because just like when Bernie Sanders uh, constantly got fucked by the DNC, <laughs> right? Where they, they would they would close polling stations, or they, you know they just constantly Make a would weird change fucking things. App. Not do any media coverage of how well Bernie was doing, yep. despite how well Bernie was doing you know it's just um, here they're yeah. they're gonna they're gonna make sure that she's dead they're not gonna let her have a shot yeah she's not gonna live to election day that's their plan and I mean I don't know about you but I was actually very scared when I saw these guys yeah they're they're pretty terrifying yeah it's not like they just sent in soldiers or something like these dudes are like dressed to the nines in tactical gear but you see confederate flag patches and swastika patches and iron cross patches all over them the one guy who's their leader uh you know he takes off his helmet and mask for some fucking reason and when he does uh you see that he has like more tattoos more more white supremacist tattoos on his head um and one of them is an american flag which i thought was interesting because he had he had an american flag tattoo on his head, but chose to brandish the Confederate flag tattoos overall. Like yeah. that was the first thing you see when you meet him. Um, which once again, you like, I feel like America is just a byproduct of the stuff. Like if you love racism and you love America, like that's great, but you love racism first. Let's be real. Like you just love the fact that America is racist. And then when America tries to be less racist once in a while, you start getting mad. Oh, this country isn't what it used to be. Blah, blah, blah. Like, 
you know, we fucking see you. And you know what? I think that's an important time to know that the mask is off. Like when we talk about mask off moments where people aren't hiding who they are anymore, it happens in the first one. The only guy to take off his mask is the leader of the of the group. He's called Polite Leader, thanks to the subtitles. Um, you know, and uh, and the you know the ma- we see that this guy takes his mask off as well. This white supremacist militia member. Um, which, you know, let's let's go into real life how the president told the Proud Boys to stand down and stand by and how, you know, like white supremacists have not been like classified as the hate groups and the terrorists that they are. And I think there's a very specific reason for that. Oh, yeah. What's that reason? This is a country that's thank you for asking. This is a country <laughs> that's built on white supremacy through and through. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It is. Whoa. Are you sure about on, that? Um, I listen. I have to gather my sources. Just kidding. No, I fucking don't. The sources are everywhere. Um, but <laughs> I have I have it on good reason to believe that a bunch of white people who came here believing their religion was the best religion, and then found people, and then used that religion to oppress those people, kill those people, rape those people, enslave those people, and then when some of those people didn't want to be slaves, went to another country to get black slaves. And brought them over, and, sorry, went to another continent to get black slaves and then brought them over. This might be a country built on white supremacy, and it's always been there. And I think the reason why white supremacists haven't been denounced the way they should be is because they're a good fucking backup. Yeah. You know, that that in the event that things don't go a certain way, they don't have to follow the laws that the police and even the military do. And those are thin laws, but they don't have to follow them. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, look, look at what yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse, right? That, that you know, right there, or or Trump exactly. saying to the Proud Boys, you know, stand back and stand by. Like, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get elected, he can call on them to to you know raise fucking anarchy, to, to mess shit up, so that you know he he can get what he wants without having to sully his hands, you know. And and, and they're they're foolish enough to be used and abused by people that don't care about them either you know they're 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 still uh victims in a way you know obviously they're they're not good people they're doing bad things but they're letting themselves get used by people in power and and we just see this time and time again well yeah i mean i like i know uh a a specific person who got into an accident drunk driving had the option to serve in the military or go to prison, he chose the Air Force, came out, and if he wasn't, like, conservative to begin with, he definitely was after he got out of the Air Force. But even then, like, he fell down a terrible hole of, like, rabbit hole of, like, um, you know, depression and drug use and, and PTSD and, like, you know, one of his friends who was still serving fucking died, and that was a terrible hit to him. And then one of his friends who he was, like, doing all the drugs and stuff with also died, and that was terrible. And, like, it's been a long road to recovery for him to, like, go through, you know, go through... Uh, oh, he was also arrested, by the way. He was arrested for being involved in a fucking drug ring. Wow. Very similar to Breonna Taylor's... I mean, actually, not similar to Breonna Taylor's situation at all, but just in that she was, like, barely connected, just knew a guy and got fucking lit up. This guy was part of the operation that I knew and, you know, made it out fine. Like, you know, like they arrested him and everything. They went to a VA court because he was a veteran. He got like, you know, I don't want to say he got special treatment. Like, you know, a lot of people were worried. He spent time in Riverhead. It was rough uh, for him and his family. I'm not trying to, to downplay that at all. But, you know, even after going through all of that, 
getting clean, recovering, getting his house back in order and everything, getting his finances back in order and stuff and doing the right thing, fucking helping people uh, get rid of all the, the tree debris on their lawns after the big storms we've had on Long Island, still is a huge Trump supporter. Unbelievable. Hates Antifa, hates Black Lives Matter, all that stuff. So, like, you know, but the thing is, like, your life didn't have to be that way. And there are so many others who are in a similar position who are like, no matter who you are, no matter what kind of left leaning or right leaning, no matter where you, where you stand economically, your life can always be better. There's something you want to make that, to make your life better. And I guarantee you, it's not the poor and black and brown people who are standing in your way of that. You are with us. You aren't part of that 1%. You're part of us. And they're keeping us warring with each other because that's how they win. That's how they keep lining their pockets with money while we fucking die on the streets here, while we fucking die of COVID, while we're not getting any money to, to, to help make ends meet during an economic uh, pandemic and disaster. Okay, you and I are closer than we will ever be to those people in power. Exactly. You know, and that's what they want, right? They want they want us to be at war with each other, and and that's how they will always stay in power. Because the and day, historically, that's how it's always been. Yeah, because I mean, the day that we do come together, that we finally realize that we we don't have so much different, so many differences, where we have much more in common. That if we unite, uh, we outnumber them by so much that we can take back what belongs to us. You know, we 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 pay taxes, right? But how much of that tax money yeah. really goes back into the communities, in, into into the people, or for the people? It, it really doesn't, you know? Uh, and, and it should. And we have a right to take that back. Yeah, but, it's know, going. It's going to. It's going to fucking law enforcement. Yes. So they can kill us. It's going to the military so they can go kill brown people and be killed for no reason. You know. I mean, it's for oil. Back in the day, it was yeah, land. Yeah. And then when we got all the land of the United States, it was oil. You know. Yep. So um. But yeah, so uh, so we had this case where where Roan and Leonardo are uh, trying to escape the house. It's awesome to see him kill Nazis. It's, I love watching Nazis get killed. It's my favorite it, thing. It is pretty cool. Um, yeah, they do some really is. cool a- action scenes in this. You know, he's he's got like all these this hidden trap door, and uh, you know he he's he's planned he for has the everything. Inferno virus that you put in that short script I know. You wrote in high school, bro. <laughs> Holy thinking about shit. that he literally uses that shit yeah when i was in high school i wrote i wrote a i wrote a, a short film about a hacker who uh he uses this virus to create an explosion from the computer and uh and, and barnes does it yeah he does he really does um you know so they escape and they end up uh you know basically it's, it's a whole like they're trying to run and they end up getting accosted by these murder tourists who real quick Murder tourism may not be a th- I mean, it is a thing. You know, if you go to other uh, countries and continents, you could trophy hunt. So murder tourism is definitely a thing. But also sexual tourism is a thing. Yes. Um, I'm going to have... I think I made a note to put uh, to put sources uh, in there. But um, but sexual tourism is a thing. You know, uh, uh, Brazil and a lot of, uh, you know, Caribbean and South American countries, you have people that go, you know, go there specifically to have sex with beautiful uh, women or underage girls. Uh, you know, Epstein-level shit. So... I think the World Cup in 20, might have been 2014, might have been 20, I don't, whichever one they had in Brazil um, was actually huge uh, for, 
for people coming in, having sex with underage girls and paying them like ridiculously low amounts of money to do it. It was it's terrible. Uh, so just note that people will travel all over the world to do terrible things if you're not able to do those terrible things in your country. Somehow Russia is more humane uh, because this guy comes here to do the purge. They're dressed up in their patriotic costumes and they accost Roan and um, and uh, and Barnes. And this is where all of our char- all of our pro tags kind of meet up until like the last uh, the last act of the film uh, in which, you know, Marcos and Joe Dixon, they decide to, you know, they slaughter these dudes and they save Ronan Barnes. Interesting thing to note is that the entire time Barnes is interrogating everybody. And I know why he's doing it, but yeah. it's not coming across the way he means it. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, no. he's yeah. What, what exactly is he doing? Well, well, his whole thing is he he trusts no one. You know, once they're betrayed at the safe house, he he tells Roan, you know, I don't, I can't trust anybody. I can't trust anybody but myself at this point. You know, so everyone he he meets, he's he's going to interrogate no matter what they do because he doesn't know who's working for the new founding fathers, right? Like you and know, it just yeah, it it just so happens that everyone he interrogates is brown or black. Yeah, because the rest of the <laughs> cast is right. The only two yeah. white yeah. main characters are Roan and, and Barnes. You know. Which is which is cool, you know. It's great that they have diversity. Yeah, but yeah he's he's totally like yeah. getting on the wrong side. And him and Joe just do not see eye to eye right away, you know. And now just... knowing that, yeah, now knowing that he's a former cop is making it even worse. Oh honestly. god, I know. You know, and I love how Joe calls him out on that too. He's like, "I saved your ass. You're still interrogating me. Like, are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. And Joe is the only one to really bring up race in the movie. I think, like, you know, he's uh, like, it's 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 in the backdrop of the film. But he's the only one to be like, oh, like, you know, you should be thanking my black ass. I yeah, saved you. And, like, yeah. you know, he, he does bring it up a lot. He and, does. You know, he brings it up later. Yeah. Like, he says later on, he's and like, it, he's like, uh, you know, I like black people, but you can't kill. I'm not going to let you kill these white people. There are yes, white people. Yes, these are my white. You know? That was so he also has a really problematic line that I had to write down because I was shocked that they that he said this. Uh, do you a, want to spoil it or do you want to get to it when oh, we get Oh, do you know what it? I'm going to talk? Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't oh, know. I know exactly what you're going to find. I wrote it down too. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like uh, what's cool here too is that like Marcos has such a a respect for Roan, right? Like he really believes in her. He's like yes. you, you and I when Bernie was running. Like he's he thinks that real change can come and, and you know, he, he's been supporting her and now he has a chance to literally help her. Um, so of course he's gonna act on that, and, and he, he's yeah. so if happy I had a to chance be able to. to fucking save Bernie Sanders' life, I would probably, <laughs> I would, I would probably do, probably it. do it, <laughs> depending on the circumstances. But uh, yeah, and I like how he tells her. He says Florida's the key. You know, Florida's what you gotta what you gotta win. You gotta win those votes, and like you know, that's very true. Like you know, Florida was a big decider in the Trump uh, win uh, in the win in the 2016 election, and also uh, it was a big deciding factor in the Bush uh, election in two in uh, 2000. Absolutely, yeah, good score. Yeah, so you know, so Florida definitely definitely is the key. You know, he says we need to get the older people, and I thought that that was an interesting take. They don't really go into how she does that in the end necessarily, but. Uh, you know, but it just once again, you know, a few months before our actual 2016 election, like, you gotta win Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is where Dixon drops his line. I lost fit my faith in the system a long time ago. Oh, and then we go. Yeah. So how did they end up getting into the van? Oh, so. So, yeah. So the, the, the girls come back, right? The, yeah, the, the shoplifters. Yeah, they come back with like this this crazy saw that's going to cut through the gates of the shop. 
I don't know why they don't go to the roof to defend the building again, which I which I thought was kind of weird. Uh, but I guess just, they just don't want the shop to get ruined. Yeah, they just but they decide they're gonna like split up to either side of it and like fight it off while while they wait for them to break through. Uh, and like Ro, you know, Roan decides that she wants to be involved in it. She's like, "Give me a gun." You know, and Barnes is like, I'll give you a gun, but you're not up front with me. And she's like, I have to, you know, I have to do this. I'm, I'm one of you now. Like, we're fighting for our lives. You have to give me a chance to defend myself. And, you know, Barnes, all that matters to him is getting her through this night alive, right? Like, that's that's all he has right now. He needs to get her through this alive, and he doesn't want to risk her. But, you know, I keep coming to a point where, where he can't keep her safe. He has to rely on other people. And now he has to rely on her, too. Uh, but you know, Joe. Joe's like, I, I have a friend that I trust, you know. And of course, Barnes is still grilling him about it, you know. He's he's like, he's like, you know, you really trust her, and blah blah blah, you know. And he's just giving him a hard time. But uh, Joe convinces him, so he, you know, he calls, he calls uh, Laney, right? Laney's her name. Yes, yeah. He calls Laney, who's in her medic van, and he says, well, he doesn't say it exactly, but he goes, we need the Pequena Muerte back in action. Like that's what we need. <laughs> I, th- I, 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 I switched up the words uh, the first time, so I made sure to look it up. That boy's got the devil in him. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, and she comes through, and, and it was fucking amazing. Like, yeah. it sucks because these were teenage girls she was killing. That's true. <laughs> but but they are killers because they even mentioned how they murdered their own parents before. They murdered their own parents. Like, I just killed my fucking mom and dad, right? Like, they're, like, really over the top, yep. like, screaming yeah. and cursing. And, but, yeah, she shows up and just kicks some ass. And uh, I just want to talk about their brutality and the brutality of a lot of other characters in these films throughout the whole franchise. Uh, there, You'll find it in the show notes and sources. There's a really good article in Psychology Today where a psychology professor is talking about how uh, this idea that like venting out your rage helps you to feel cleansed and helps you to feel more calm, but it's actually not the case. Uh, you know, even back in the days when eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth was a thing, it was like, you know, if you kill, uh, if you steal my goats, I'm going to kill your entire livestock. You know, if you, you know, if you take my, uh, my, my wife, I'll kill your kid or something like that. Like it was always about escalation. And we do see that in these movies that like, excuse me, that like it might be, okay, well this year on purge night, it was legal for you to kill this person. But next year on purge night, I'm coming to to get you and I'm going to do worse. Like that's not how it works. Uh, Anger is uh, an emotion we have and it. And there are like every emotion that we have, there are healthy ways in which we can, we can uh, work through it and come out better on the other side. Purging is not necessarily one of those ways. Uh, for, uh, as somebody who, you know, studied martial arts for as long as I did, I, you know, I do realize that physical activity can help your mind become more clear uh, when your body's not feeling all those chemicals and adrenaline and everything rushing through it, making you do stupid shit. But also, you know, there are times when I kind of got lost in it when I was like fighting and like winning and I would just like, you know, there are times that, you know, I came close to brutalizing people and, uh, you know, it's kind of just a testament to that. Like, you know, being angry and, and hurting people is not the way uh, to, to, to get through those emotions. And a big reason for that, too, is because you're not usually angry about just one thing. You know, if I'm doing if I'm having a shitty time at my job and I kill someone on purge night, that's not going to change my job. No, it's you know? not. And I, and I also feel like, you know, once you start that, you, you realize that it's not filling that hole you have. And and sometimes you, you keep doing it because you're hoping it will, you know? So, like, maybe it started out as getting revenge on Purge Night for, on someone that you didn't like. And then all of a sudden you're killing more and more people because you're trying to 
make sense of your life. You're trying to find something to fill that void. Uh, and obviously it can't, right? Like you said, it can't, it can't make your job better. It can't make, you know, uh, most likely can't make your economic, you know, uh, situation better, but, but you keep doing it anyway, cause you, you don't know what else to do. And I, I think that's probably where a lot of people, uh, you know, act on, on this night. And some people are just crazy right? or, or like evil or, or whatever it might be. And they don't, they either, they can't control themselves or they really do enjoy hurting people. You know, there's, there's bad people in the world. Right. And this is a chance for them to go out and, uh, and act on their instincts without repercussions. So you got, you got a whole mix of people out in this night. Yeah, in the first purge, they make a really good point of noting that, that there are like so many different people who are participating for different reasons. Uh, some people are participating just for the money they'll get. Like, they'll get 5000 just for staying on the island and being alive. But they'll also get more money if they actually participate in the purge and kill people. Yeah. Uh, so there are people who are doing it primarily for economic reasons, but there is one character who um, who who is unstable and homicidal and psychotic. And he comes back later on, and the, like the movie actually starts with him being interviewed. He's like, "I need to let my rage out," but like, and he's like, got like you know like different like designs cut into his head and stuff. Like, like he really is that you know that that maniacal person that you know that you don't want to see. Uh, honestly, anytime, but especially during the purge. Uh, but once again, I'd like to state that individuals with mental illness are more likely to be victims of violence uh, than they are to be the aggressors. Victims of abuse than they are to be abusers. Just want to yeah. put that out there. And yeah. Maybe we'll cover Joker at some point and talk about that fucking movie. <laughs> um, that's all I got through Batman vs. Superman. I, I talked about it on the podcast and took whatever little nuggets I could out of it. Gonna have to do the same thing with Joker. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, so uh, so Lainey ends up saving them. There's no way they can hold up in the store anymore. She takes them in her medic van. They uh, <laughs> and she's got this guy Rondo who's uh, who's handcuffed to the to the to the bed in the van because she took care of him and then said like you're not going out purging. You're a good kid. Blah blah blah. He wants to go out and retaliate for one of his friends who was killed. And um, you know what actually shoots through their van? Is it a, it's a chain gun? But from where? From a helicopter, right? It is from, a, yeah, is it from the, yeah. the Nazi helicopter or... Yeah, it's from the Nazi helicopter. Okay. I made sure to note, even though Rondo is in there for like five minutes, I was like, they got Rondo, no! They <laughs> <laughs> got Rondo, those motherfuckers. They're like, he's, um, a, he's a good kid. He's just, he's just yeah. out purging because yeah. he's, he's, he's a good kid. <laughs> and they do make it a point in Anarchy and the First Purge to note how there are third parties that are always put into these purge situations to control the death and to control the killing. And, and, you know, like when, like the purge, think of it this way, the same way that stop and frisk and the war on drugs have been used to, to marginalize and destroy the black community. The purge has been made to do the exact same thing in this universe and they make sure it's tipped to their favor all the time. So if, you know, you're going to have like 100 black people in a neighborhood be killed, they'll make sure that they send in their own soldiers, the NFFA or their own vigilantes to go to go take care of that and kill even more people. You know, right. Um, and they, you know, they do mention it in in, uh, in multiple movies real quick in the first purge. They actually did have literal clan members on Staten Island like they were in clan robes and everything. Wow. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know, and they were going to like, you know, the black churches and, and you know, killing them and stuff. And, uh, you know, not not too different from Dylan Roof. Unfortunately, I was going in and out of sleep while I was watching the first purge. So <laughs> uh, I don't I wasn't able to see the clan members get killed, but I'm definitely going to rewatch it because once again, guys, when Nazis and white supremacists die, it's it's always fun to watch. Yeah, it's a good time. Okay? It sure is. It is. 
Um, so yeah, so please tell me about Joe Dixon's little comment when the medical van pulls up in what looks like, you know, a terrible neighborhood. You have all these, you know, all these, um, well, let's say you know, fight club, these... right? Like they're all like having this like arena That's fight. I forgot they were having a fucking fight club. There, right, it was an arena are. fight with weapons and stuff, yeah. but like they were cheering and stuff and they're hiding. Cause it's, I think it's like under underground or in a tunnel or something. So the helicopter can't get to them. And Joe Dixon says, there's a whole bunch of Negroes heading this way. And we're sitting here like a bucket of chicken. That's an Jesus actual line from Christ. the film. I was like, I, w- I, I, I had to like pause <laughs> it for a second. I was like, did he, did he just say that? I was like, wow. Okay. What, so, oh, I said, LOL. Why does Joe Dixon got to be racist about all the guys coming to the van? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, what's interesting is that when they do come to the van, Joe lets out this whistle or he lets out the whistle first. Right? Yeah, he does. Yep. He lets out this whistle and the whistle is returned. Not too different from the Mockingjay whistle from Hunger Games, but incredibly different because it's actually noticed and used by Crips. Yep. Turns out Joe used to be a Crip, and he himself got out of the life. When they open the van, we see that these guys, who, and these are like big, muscled-up, fucking tattooed, you know, black guys with guns. Like, they're made to look very menacing. Yep. Um, or how Hillary Clinton sees any black person. Oh. And then it turns out they have one of their own dudes, and they're like, please, you got to help him. Yeah, he's like, help, like help our boy. And he's like, and then, uh, you know, Leo Barnes is like, you got to do something for us. You know, because that's just that's Yeah, just how um, he at is. least, see, now it's funny how even here he knew not to be like, so who are you with? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking mouth. You trust these guys, there. Joe? You, you trust these? Boom, boom, boom. He gets shot in the fucking head. The Lily White Devil motherfucker, <laughs> Leonardo ass name have. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know. Uh, so yeah, it, so, you know, it turns out because Leo had been shot right earlier in the film that they've been tracking, uh, tracking him yeah, through the yeah, bullet the tracker Which bullet, they have some advanced tech. These uh, these white supremacists uh, being funded by the NFF. They are so they, they, they've been yes. tracking him. So you know he he removes the bullet and I I believe he has them placed the bullet somewhere else right so that it'll lure them in um and 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 this group of crips can can actually kill the white supremacists which they do and it was pretty awesome oh yeah that was that was awesome i loved that um now take me to the to the resistance i don't remember exactly how they got to the resistance yeah well um it turns out that this medical van i think is funded by that resistance so like Lainey knows them, you know, she, she knows them personally. So that's okay, kind of like their, right. their, right. their headquarters. So she, she, you know, she's like, I have to bring you here. There's nowhere else to go. So she brings Roan and, and, and Barnes there, um, you know, and, and we get introduced to, to Dante Bishop again, you know, and he's, he's preparing for, you know, uh, some sort of strike. We don't really know much about it. He's, he's getting a bunch of people to go out. Um, but we see here, like, I think you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of people. There's kids. There's homeless people. There's people that would be in danger, and they're being sheltered here. They're given food and safety. You know, there's armed soldiers protecting them. You know, this is yeah. They're this, the real victims of the perk. Yeah, you know, and and, and, and Dante's people are are here to make sure they they survive the night. Uh, you know, it's 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 a really it's a really good thing they're doing. They they really are trying to trying to be heroes here, um, and, and you know. Uh, Dante leaves, you know, he, he has his mission for the night. He goes, he goes out to do that. Um, and, and you know, Barnes just being the suspicious man he is starts, you know, investigating a he little bit and, and he, he uncovers, you know, this plot that they're actually going to go and assassinate the new founding fathers. Um, and I thought this was really interesting because Roan is so against it. 
right? She's like, they cannot do this. I need to win the election fair and square. If they die, they'll become martyrs for this movement. Uh, and I will never truly be able to win and, and, and the purge. And she is so adamant about this. Um, but, you know, the, the people of, of this group of the, the anti-New Founding Fathers, they, they, they want her to win, right? They believe in her, too. They say that, like, we, we believe in your message. We want you to end the purge. That's why we're going to help. Yeah, like we're we're it. making yeah. sure this happens. They're trying to kill you, so we're going to kill them first and ensure that you ha- you win on election day. Uh, but she just does not want this to happen. To an extent, I agree with them. I because do too. The, I I understand where they're coming from. Yeah, because that's the infighting that we're having on the left right now. You know, the infighting between liberals and and Democrats and leftists, progressive, communists, socialists, uh, anarchists, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> That's all the infighting we're having now. And the big thing is, do we play by their rules and vote for Joe Biden or do we not? Now, you know, in this movie in particular, they're able to control so many things. I don't think there's any way a fair election could happen. I don't think, you know, people say trust in democracy, but our democracy has been rigged from the get go. By just allowing rich people to run for office in the first place, the democracy was rigged, okay? By like, you know, you know, by by serving out platitudes and minor little, little itty bitty crumbs of freedom whenever there's enough violence or, or, or uprising, they'll give it, they'll give just enough. But overall, this is where democracy has gotten us, right? In real life, 2020, we're in October right now. We're less than a month away from the presidential election. And we're being told that if we don't vote for one person, we're literally going to die. How the fuck are you going to trust democracy when that's the options it gives you? Yeah, it's 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 like a little bit of a pipe dream that she has that she, you know, they're trying to murder her. And she's like, I can, I can win with voting again. You know, it, it, it's just like beat them at the polls. Even, even if you do win, who's to say they won't still try to stop you. You know, they, they, they still hold the power currently. Um, so I get why Bishop's people feel this is the only way to ensure that she truly wins. Um, so I think she's naive here. I really do. I think she's very naive, but, but I yes, understand and not why. too different from, you know, you know, Bernie's naive in his own way too, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he endorsed okay. Biden, right? He, exactly. He he, exactly. he 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 bent the knee, so to speak. Uh, and yeah. what, what does Biden do? He goes on to debate and say how he beat him, how he defeated the Bernie socialists. Is, Bernie is the Jon Snow to Biden's Daenerys Targaryen. Yes, yeah. I feel. Yeah, that's actually really, really accurate. <laughs> yeah, except Daenerys was the one who got raped and not the one doing the raping. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Now, I'm not saying in real life we have to assassinate our political no. opponents, although our president did call for that and alluded to it uh, in, in 2016. Um, but but in this world where there's 12 hours where killing is legal, there's no way people wouldn't use it for political or financial gain. OK, yeah. you know, and it might be, yeah. you know, because like they do they commit plenty of white collar crimes throughout the other 364 days of the year. There is that there is that way to look at it. Um but uh, but in the purge world, I don't believe that democracy uh, could save them. In our world, uh, a lot of shit has to change about our quote unquote democracy. We're still not standing on equal ground until every person who who is born in this country or comes to this country uh, is is standing on on the exact same ground. And and even then, honestly, that's equality. That's not equity. Because, you know, right yeah. now, I, I mentioned in the Lovecraft Country episode, right? Everybody does technically, most people technically have the same opportunities. But because of the past, 
there's still people who might have those opportunities and then a lot more, you know? So, um, you know, like people tell me, they're like, oh, don't you want Trump out of office? Blah, blah, blah. Guess what? If Trump wins this election, I feel like this, basically, I feel like this will radicalize to the point that he doesn't last four years in office one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. I, I that agree. It, that it, that it doesn't fucking have like, you know, like, you know, and you and I spoke, you know, we spoke in multiple episodes about like, find your place in the resistance, find your way to resist, you know, become a fucking hacker. Uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a big one. Uh, and even then, you know, you're still going to be uh, put in front of a, you know, a, a kangaroo court in the UK like Julian Assange is. So, so, so there, there's clearly a difference in ideologies. Roan ends up getting kidnapped and taken to the mass where the new founding fathers are in a church and they are going to be there, um, you know, ready to kill people. But the person they really want to kill is Charlie Roan, Senator Charlie Roan, presidential candidate. And, um, and then I, I love that line that, uh, that, uh, that Leo has where he said, where he meets up with Dante Bishop later on. And he says, this isn't an assassination anymore. This is a rescue op. And they go into the church through these uh, through these old tunnels that were there. And the one of the guys in the resistance says, and I don't know what that's their actual name, but that's what they fucking are. Um, he says that the old founding fathers are going to screw over the new founding fathers. What were those tunnels put there for? Were they just put there for like high high government officials back in the day? I didn't. I kind of missed that part. Yeah, uh, I, to be honest, I kind of missed it a little bit too. Fair enough. Okay, yeah, that's fine. but so, I, I do know they were put there by by the you know obviously by the original founding fathers. The original founding they fathers. Were I don't know if they were during the revolution or yeah. You know. I would have liked if they were more like um, if they were like uh, underground railroad. Yeah, that would have been really cool. That would have been really. I'm not cool. sure if geographically you can pull that. Up. Like, I don't know what the underground railroad situation was in Washington. Of course, of but course. I thought that that I thought that that would have been a really a really good way to go about it, cool. you know? Yeah. And you have a bunch of black people coming up from these, you know, from these tunnels that were meant to free slaves and slaughtering the slave masters. Yep. In this case, they're coming up through these, you know, through these tunnels that were, you know, put there for reasons Tyler and I can't fathom. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, sorry, Ty, didn't mean to call you by your phone name. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and just and, so you know, uh, they are called the anti-NFFA. That's, I think that's actually their title. Thank God we've been calling them the resistance because that's, they're anti-NFFA. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anti-NFFA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they are um oh my god yes but yep. yeah so uh you know so they end up uh long story short they end up saving charlie unless there's anything specifically that you that you caught in these moments no i mean you know uh yeah i mean they they, they basically attack uh, attack this building we see like the ritual right being performed by by the new founding fathers this really bizarre like religious cult murders where they're killing people one by one and then you know it's charlie's turn and of course she's saved by by you know uh dante bishop and, and actually sorry i know that i want to rush to the end of this episode but i have to cut you off because there there is this interesting thing about like they're trying to like you said they're making us like a cult thing they're making yep. the whole thing religious which somehow makes it better and like you know, it was a really good way, I think, to, and I don't know if they meant to, but just to expose the hypocrisy and the weirdness of religion, of organized religion in general. Oh, for sure. How, like, you know, because you go to a church and it, it's constantly everyone singing the same song, saying the same uh, credos, uh, talking about how they're worthless unless it's because of God. And they worship a zombie who came back after three days, but they eat the zombie's uh, body by eating a fucking cracker. And then they drink the zombie's blood by getting drunk. And like from any outside 
outside perspective, if you were not born a Christian, is that not the weirdest fucking shit? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess if you <laughs> really break inc- it down, right? It's incredibly, it's incredibly. It, it, it's funny too yeah. because so many, so many people uh, like to criticize, you know, like, you know, ancient uh, peoples, like native peoples, like you know, the Incas and the Aztecs, and and like you know the different the different things that they would do, right? The different ceremonies they would have, but think you know, you just look at how strange, like you said, the the entire you know christian you know symbol of eating eating the body of christ and stuff it's it definitely seems really strange you you can almost see that like in a horror movie right <laughs> like we see here yes yeah it, it, you know very like ritualistic you know pa- like pagan level yeah. stuff we're drinking the blood of christ you know like it's <laughs> like whoa yeah that's 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 pretty extreme oh yeah uh and like when you just when you do talk about like native rituals and stuff and i, I don't i don't know a lot about them but from what i have heard there was a a chief who uh who wrote a letter to Andrew Jackson. I want to say it was uh, Tecumseh, but I, I don't know off the uh, off the top of my head. And uh, Andrew Jackson made it a point of calling himself father to all the Native Americans, which was very, it was disgusting. It was patriarch, patriarchal and hierarchical and just weird. Um, but he said, like, I'm your father. You know, I'm here to protect you. I know what's best for you. You don't know. And this this Native chief, he said, my my father is the sun and my mother is the earth. I don't have another, you're not my father. You're, you know, you're another man. And that, and, uh, I think that's a pretty solid way to look. Like if you're going to have a religion, have one that like has you respect the earth for, for what it is, you know? And, uh, and yeah, I agree. You know, don't try to own it. Try to try to coexist with it. Um, you know, that's, well, we'll be discussing that next month during November where we have a native specific, uh, bits of pop culture that we'll be reviewing yes can't wait but yeah so so sorry rush to the end again go for it go for it yeah so so i put you on no that's fine so we're you know we're in this weird religious cult uh and and the new founding fathers are except for the 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 minister which he is called minister there's also leader i'm not really sure what the deal is with his title uh but we're all these founding new founding fathers leader the is wait is leader the minister or the president? Or the no, the minister, the minister and the leader are two separate people. The leader is the one that was like in the beginning talking about Rowan, like that bitch, we oh. gotta kill her. And then the minister is the one that's up on stage, like who was gonna uh, get ready to actually perform the ritual uh, that she's running against. So, sorry, I'm gonna cut you off one more time <laughs> talking about the minister because the minister, who once again, uh, sorry, hold on, let me just search up his name. His name is uh, Minister Hedgewidge. Hed- Hedgewidge? Edgewidge. Edgewidge. Edgewidge Owens. Yeah. Then who was the one in the first movie? Uh, the I first don't... movie, it was, it was, it might have been, it was DT. They probably, I mean, they made a lot of really ballsy moves in this movie, so I'd be surprised if they changed the initials of the minister in order to not piss off May, the Trump Maybe they just but... change who the, the minister is every, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, you, yeah, you just might, you know, old white guys, the turnovers. Because yeah. the, the but, leader um... is Caleb Warren's, you know, I, I don't know what all these, okay. these things yeah. stand for. So, but in the beginning, he, he's, you know, he's in the office and he's calling, you know, uh, Senator Rona cunt and stuff like that. Like he's not hiding how he feels about his, uh, about his opponent. And, um, no, I'm actually going to link to it in the in the show notes that there is there's a really interesting article about how political discourse became so intertwined with uh, with hate. How like it's not just like, oh, I don't agree with them on that policy, but, you know, we both want what's best for the country. We're just going different, you know, getting to it in a different way. Um, you know, this now it's it is outright hate 
in our politics. We yeah. we hate the other person. We hate their opinions and blah, blah, blah. And this guy, you know, he's calling all these different people, all sorts of names. He calls the NFFA something. I, uh, no, he calls the anti-NFFA something. I don't remember what he says. Um, but, like, you know, it is, once again, very reminiscent of, like, you got to have a bad nickname for everybody, right? You know, that nasty woman and, you know, yeah. Pocahontas for Elizabeth Warren yeah. and, you know, Crooked Hillary, again, for, you know, for Hillary and Sleepy Joe, um, Little Marco. Um, who are some of the others? Ted Cruz, the Zodiac Killer. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, so so the so the minister is is going is going through some shit. I think he's going to be the one to try and slit Roan's throat, right? Yeah, like he's with this guy Harmon James, who he he's dressed like a priest or a minister. I don't really not sure if he actually he's is. Not looking great. And and he's been like you know he kills the guy before him with with the the uh, the prime minister here. Uh, but yeah, they're they're going to kill Roan, and then you know. Uh, the re- the resistance, the uh, anti uh, new founding fathers and, and Barnes, they show up and they pretty much annihilate all the new founding fathers ex- except for uh, for the the minister, right? The prime minister, he's the only one that's still alive. Um, but is he the prime minister? Or I don't is know. There, is like, he... another minister between them? <laughs> I, I don't know because they all they're all <laughs> dressed the like fuck? ministers. They it's they very confusing. Like, they all fucking they're all white. They all look the fucking same. Yeah. People all, Why look, the people same. all said, look the same. I said, true. I fucking said it. All right. <laughs> But yeah, it, it was wild. Like they really in this series, they do like to wait to the last minute when it comes to slitting someone's throat. Yeah. Um, yeah. in order to save them, they've done it in at least two of these purge movies. Um, but yeah, so uh, so Leo and his group they managed to to save. Um, oh, it was Marco. Marco's the one who uh, who saves Roan yeah. by fucking yeah. with his awesome sh- uh, you know rifle aim. He fucking snipes out this dude who's about to slit Roan's throat. Yep. And they they chase uh, Minister Edge. Ed- Edwidge, right? Edwidge. He's like, he goes into this room. Edwidge, yeah, yeah. They follow him in there and there's all these, these people, right? These, these, these people that are like tied up and, you know, disheveled and they were all going to be victims. You know, they were, they were all going to be murdered on purge night. And, uh, you know, I think it's actually Bishop, right? That, that goes up to Edwidge and, and he wants to kill him, right? He puts the gun to his head and Edwidge is like, come on, do it. Like it's your right as an American purge. You know, shoot me, kill me, like, purge. He wants him to do it. It's so interesting because you think that he wouldn't want uh, to die. You know, he, he he's he's the candidate for president. Like, he's, you know, the candidate for the NFFA. Uh, but, like, he, I think he's become so, like, disillusioned yeah. with, with everything that, like, he's like, it's your right. You can kill me. Like, everybody can kill everybody. Like, yeah, it's more important to him, to him that equality. people purge and keep following this yep. fucking crazy cult ritual that they've created than to yeah. actually live out the night. Uh, but Bishop doesn't do it. He he He's able to to hold himself back. He doesn't do it. Because, again, he, he doesn't want to kill unless he has to, right, which we saw in, in, in the original film. Um, yeah, yeah, we saw it in the in the original. Uh, the, Charlie has this thing with him that I don't like. She keeps trying to take the moral high ground with him. Yeah, I know. Uh, she, she she becomes kind of unlikable like, oh, throughout the film a little bit, but she 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 does she does. I'm kind of pissed off that at the end of the film they killed the black characters and kept like all the white saviors yeah, in place yeah. as main characters. I was like, all right, this is kind of hand off the torch here. But you know what? You they know, had you know what they I mean? had Joe and Barnes bond here finally because 
uh, you know, Barnes is like, I'm not so nice or not so politically correct as the senator. And he, like, fucking punches or kicks uh, the minister in, in, in his privates, right? Oh, yeah, right? he kicks him in the nuts. Ne- yeah, he kicks him in the nuts, dude. And yeah, Joe's like, hell awesome. yeah, you know? They're like, they're like fist bump and yeah. shit. It was, it was pretty funny, actually. <laughs> that, was, that was nice. There's, you know, there is this awesome theme of solidarity, not just in this film, but in all of them. Yeah. How people from different groups and different classes actually find out how much more they do have in common when they are faced with a common enemy. Yep. Which once again is, <laughs> yeah. is what really needs to happen with with the with the proletariat. With the one percent. Yeah. <laughs> in, you know. Well, this movie's in, screaming in, at it at us. That, yeah. You know, in the United joined... States, I'm, yeah, we need to coalesce yes. and take down the one percent. Yep. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there there is uh even in the in the in the first purge at the very end of it, there's like you know this one dude he became super rich and he was like a drug dealer who took care of the neighborhood and everything. And there's a, his ex girlfriend who you know she doesn't want to be involved with that or her little brother involved with that. Like there's a whole there's all these different people who come together in the movie. And at the very end, after they survive purge night, which is kind of, it's always the best part of every film because things are so tense and then the the alarm starts ringing and nobody kills anybody. Yeah, after. It's, like, like, it's like oh well, gotta go back is, to Law and Order, yeah, which is funny because it's, it's very like. Uh, who's really gonna who's really gonna be like oh you killed him a minute after the purge ended you know it's just like yeah yeah there's no way you can know i i also wondered like you know are there just like imagine they're like all right officers it's uh just after purge night you have to go to this neighborhood there's been a bunch of shootings uh you know and they're like oh we're already here (laughs) (laughs) like i like i wonder like how many cops are like out purging people and this wasn't original thought but in the first purge um the drug dealer dude says that He's like, they're going to have a bunch of fucking, you know, how's, who's to say they're not going to have a bunch of fucking cops coming out here? And then one scene, they literally have, um, and it, it, it actually is a very beautiful scene. Once again, this is in the first Purge, uh, or the first Purge, however makes you know that it's the most recent movie, um, that he, um, that there's a, a shot in a baseball field of a bunch of cops wearing masks, and they're in uniform as a, on the Jumbotron. There's an American flag, and America the Beautiful is playing, and there's this black guy crawling to first base, and they just beat the shit out of him and fucking kill him. Jesus and that, you know, yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting because, like, this is he's just trying to get to first base. Think of all the people economically who are born on third base thinking they hit a fucking triple. Yep. You know, yep. um, oh, did I say there were black. I did say the black churchgoers were in the first purge, not in, uh, not in, not in election year, right? No, I think you um, said it was the first purge. Yeah, yeah. They have a couple interesting quotes too, like the main character Naya. This guy tries to like, like, pops up from a, a manhole and like tries to drag her in. And he's grabbing, he's like, he's grabbing her crotch and everything, and he he she pepper sprays him and runs away and says, "Pussy grabbing motherfucker." Um, oh, I forgot what con I know. I forgot what context. Oh, is when they were talking about the results. And uh, Marissa Tomei is actually one of the characters. She's a woman who uh, kind of helped the experiment go through and was very faithful that people wouldn't kill each other. And uh, and when they find out the statistics aren't going the way they want, she says, "Science does not obey the laws of politics." Ooh. And I really like that quote. That you is know? a really so, good like, quote. Yeah, and it, it applies to right now, right? Yep. Uh, but at the very end, um, you know, they're you know they're all like you know the sun is rising. They're all trying to get along with their lives after this experiment. In the first purge, and yeah, in the first purge, and he says, um, and Naya talks to this guy, and she says, "What do we do now?" And he says, "We fight." And it's interesting because that is the first purge. Right. So, however many years later it was is when Charlie Roan's family got purged. And 18 years later after that 
is when you know she finally becomes president and yeah oh spoilers um you know spoilers but uh you know but even then we don't know if she's going to do away with the purge until the next movie comes out. Like it is a yeah. Long we don't actually fight, see that. People. Yep. He, yeah. That yeah. Doesn't necessarily so mean that she can yourselves. do it, right? Just because you're a president doesn't mean you have all encompassing yeah. power. It means you can make moves to to move yeah. towards that. You know. Um. And yeah. And I mean, here at the end of election year, I've, like you said, a lot of like all the all the main characters that are black, unfortunately, are pretty much murdered. Right. Joe gets shot and killed. Uh, fighting off Bishop uh, sacrifices himself. Yeah, with the, when the, the Nazis militia. come back, and then we have a cool little knife fight between him and Barnes. And um, yeah, I love a good knife fight. I think that's kind of that right now. That's my favorite type of fight to see in a movie. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, like the knife, like hand to hand is always good. Don't get me wrong. Gunfights are kind of like you know you just have to depend on who's the better shot yep. it's you know it's theatrical you got to make it look good um but especially because they got rid of the cinematographer that made it look like a show on NBC uh from the first movie uh <laughs> you know like we're really able to see like a good fight between them and in the behind the scenes the guy who played the Nazi he was talking about how uh Frank Grillo actually has like a background in boxing and MMA so he had to move so fast in order to match uh Leo during this fight wow yeah, and I thought that, that that was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool look at it. Um, and also, before we finish, there is an article in the show notes about uh, about uh, it's it's from Mary Sue, and it talks about the politics of the Purge and all the movies. Um, you know, not too much different from what we're doing here. I also want to mention that um, cheap weapons were actually intentionally put into the streets during the night of the first Purge, uh, uh-huh. the first experiment. Yeah, so the NFFA put them there, and, you know, when we think about, like, how, you know, pallets of bricks were being left out in protesting areas, trying to incite riots, and, you know, even go back to, like, you know, the CIA, uh, you know, Contra deal with uh, putting crack into into the L.A. community and everything, like, um, which since has been disproved, I'm putting quotes on that, because it was disproved by the people who were being accused of, um, you know, making the crack epidemic happen. Wow. Uh, but, you know, it is interesting how, like, you know, this whole time we've been talking about how they turned things to their favor and and, you know, the, you know, the purge, the purge is no different. They'll they'll do whatever they have to do. But um, but yeah, so so unfortunately, some pretty cool characters die. Marcos takes over the deli. Um, what am I missing? Uh, Roan gets elected. Right. Like they, we see her on on Election Day. She places her vote. Um, and then, you know, we see that in May for some reason. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, but they, they yeah. do show yeah. that, you know, uh, that she does, she does win. she wins Florida and California and she and did she's win a, Florida, you know, it was a landslide victory. Yeah. She, she wins. And, you know, I think Marcus is watching on TV and everyone's got hope. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that she probably won because they, they were able to show that, uh, the, the new founding fathers were actually purging and were corrupt and, I'm assuming that won some people over, but because uh, they, they that I would have liked. Yeah, I liked me to too. Seen, and in the deleted scenes, they didn't have that. I watched all huh. the deleted scenes because they kept they kept and, Minister uh, alive, speeches. right? So like he he is alive. Yeah, and she, you know, they kept I'm gonna kick your ass on election day, and she did. She did do it. Yeah, but I figure like like if this were our world. And that was a situation between like Charlie Roan and and let's say Trump or something. He would have said like, "Oh, she brought all of her, you know, anti NFFA people to take me out and purge me on this night instead of like." I feel like these guys just would have spun the entire thing, 
to their own favor and made themselves look like the victims. Uh, I mean, it's nice that didn't happen in this universe. And, you know, we see this amazing moment where, you know, Marcos is is rebuilding the deli and everything as his own. And, and you know, he sees the American flag as Charlie Roan wins and it's blowing in the wind. And you, you fucking believe in the American dream and you believe in democracy. That's when you hear all the stuff on TV of... You know, oh, NFFA supporters are taking to the streets and rioting and killing and all this other stuff. Like the exact thing we're afraid is going to happen if Biden wins this election. <laughs> Which I actually wrote a note on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Like, so the very things that they, they claim that, you know, we do, right? Or, or that the, the anti-NFFA people do, they're, they're doing it, you know? And, and uh, you know, that's funny you said that because my girlfriend actually said, a part of me hopes Trump wins because if he doesn't, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. I'm afraid of, you know, how, how his supporters are going to react because they're so obsessed. I'm right there with her. With it, you know. Right it, there with they're gonna, Are they going to take to the streets and start killing people and rioting and, and, and you know, they're armed and dangerous. Um, a lot of them are police. So, it, it, it you know, that is a scary thought. So I, I am curious if they're ever going to do another film that ties, you know, that takes place after this. Because um, while, the you know, maybe the purge night is over uh the battles the battle's still far from over right yeah and you know i did speak to you off mic about how like i would have loved for them to bring all the characters from the different movies and together like you know i would have liked to have seen how kenneth michael williams is no longer the leader of the anti-nffa you know and how dante bishop took over and then like if you have dante bishop and the kid who who saved him in the first movie whose father died because he was purged if you have that kid now it's a few years later right he's grown up you know he could very well be in you know he could be in the anti-nffa and then have the two people that um that uh that leo helped out in the in the second movie or maybe even just like the daughter of her like oh she got purged last year now i'm fucking i'm ready to burn down like she was already being radicalized in that movie um i would have loved to like i said build like a purge avengers take all the main characters of the different movies put them together and now like you know it's it's them versus the fucking nffa and uh and just see where it goes from there um you know the uh, an interesting another interesting thing about this franchise is that it is that it seems to be like um, nobody cares about the purge until it affects them. That's another yep. another big yep. thing. Like once this stuff starts to affect you, then you gotta change it. And like that's what happened with Ethan Hawke's family. And and um, you know it, it is a uh, and I, it also happens in the first purges as well. For example, in the credits of the first film. They in the purge, they actually have uh, like a bunch of radio accounts of what's happening. How, you know, there's the most successful purge on record, and um, you know, there's a candlelight vigil in in Times Square to honor those who gave their lives for tonight. And you know, not too different from guess what? We support our troops. We just gotta send all these kids off to fucking die <laughs> because it's just what happens, you know? Or say, or two hundred thousand COVID deaths. It is what it is. That's what Trump said, right? Yep. Like, you know, guess what? We gotta sacrifice people for the demo- for for the economy. You know, like you know, there's this guy who says, uh, "My boy was killed tonight." I used to support the purge. I used to be a patriot. Now I'm not anymore. You know? And I'm actually wondering, I don't think that was uh Leo because it's it's really weird. They could have just said that that his son was killed by a drunk driver during the purge. But yeah. in, when he explains it, he's like, "My son was killed by a drunk driver 12 months ago." Okay? So that's 1 year ago when the purge took place. Um and he's like um <laughs> uh 
and uh, and the guy's out blood alcohol level is three times over the legal limit, but he got off on a technicality. Like, you know, you know, I thought the franchise was okay originally, and then I, you know, ended up really liking it recently because of just how socially relevant it is. Uh, but you you can't ignore bad writing when you see it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, <laughs> he was like, oh, he got off on a technicality. I'm like, what? You could have just made that technicality the purge. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny not to mention that, but I, I, I kind of <laughs> felt like he almost wasn't supposed to be on the purge, and that he's just deciding to kill him on purge night because he can. I don't know. It, no, it, that that is what they made it out to be, though. Yeah. He he just killed the kid on a regular afternoon right, at two p.m. Right. You know, um, and he, you know, the p- perfect excuse to get vengeance is on the day of the purge. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of writers, uh, it, it's written and directed by by. The same uh, same person, James DeMonico. He's he's from New- Brooklyn, New York. Um, and it's pretty cool that he was able to, you know, to create this whole series. And, you know, he wrote and directed each of the films. And obviously, you know, we talked about how he's kind of progressed it little by little each movie. Um, and I think Election Year was just the perfect perfect cap on, on this trilogy. Uh, and, and just my, my last thought on this film is, um, how sad is it that there's more hope in the election in this movie than there is in our real world? That's uh, terribly, <laughs> right? terribly sad. Good right? Point. Good point. Like, wow. Uh, yeah. uh, I wish I wish Ron was running here in, in, uh, in the real yeah, world. Yeah, that'd be nice. First lady president, progressive president, you know, yep. would have been nice. Oh, yeah. Also, the, the writer came up with the idea when he and his wife were cut off in traffic and almost got into a really bad car accident because of it. And like he was like, like how great would it be if I was able to kill this dude and get away with it? Which we've all thought, right? In traffic, of course, of course, um, all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. So, uh, so yeah, that that is, uh, you know, it's interesting. Just that little thing, you know, he's, he sparked this trilogy and and you know made a conscious choice to make it socially aware. And once again, every time, every movie, they were like, maybe you didn't quite get it. Let's up it a bit. Maybe you didn't quite get it. Let's up it a bit again. And uh, you know. And then the, the in the first purge, they shove it right in your fucking face, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, I mean, it's it's obviously in, in purge election year. I, I just think the story was a little more solid in the in election year than it was in the first purge. Yeah, you know they they really they really leaned into it. You know, which whatever it was, it was still a, still a solid movie. I'm gonna rewatch the end to see how the fucking clan members get killed. That's gonna be great. You can find my notes on. All four movies in uh, in in the show notes and sources at politipoppodcast.wordpress.com. Um, the uh, I think there is one slated for to come out or to be you know like it's probably in pre production right now. I did see it on IMDb, oh, so cool. I'm looking forward to that one. But you know we're gonna have to wait for a bit, obviously, because you know that a movie of that scale, unless you were to do it like the the 2013 film, you can't do during COVID. You know no, it's just gonna be really not. tough to produce that to film that. For sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, this this uh, this has been great. I just like fucking talking to my best friend about fucking movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. And I, you know, it's funny. I think we actually saw the Purge Anarchy together while you were uh, house sitting. <laughs> and uh, I I remember Get liking it. Yeah, I think we watched That's it great. at that house. Um, and I remember I, I really liked it. And, no, I don't think so. I think we saw those. Might have okay. seen this I'm not sure though. But it was just so not okay. memorable. But I really loved Anarchy, and then I loved Election Year. Uh, so it made me a fan of the of the series. Unfortunately, I have not seen the first Purge, but uh, I will. I will see it at some point. Yeah, I mean they're all worth it. I would implore you to rewatch the first one and see what you can pick apart from it. I, there's there's a lot more there than I initially realized, and I was like, 
oh fuck yeah i think i'll probably um, enjoy it more now so i'll definitely yeah. I'll definitely yeah you would definitely enjoy it a lot more now when i first saw it i was like okay cool like get to the fucking i'd seen anarchy before so i was like i'd rather you know like i want to see everyone fucking you know going crazy and stuff right. and uh but you know but this uh you know the first one is definitely a lot a lot more subtle oh they also mentioned that um that dallas had the most participants in uh the ethan hawk one. Oh yeah you mentioned that to um, me off mic Yes, yes. Uh, a lot of people profiting off of it. And, uh, you know, just to close it off, I think what sucks is just that the... is that people are more concerned with being considered patriots than being good people. And when you have to compare yourself to the patriots of old, they don't hold up. So don't worry about being a patriot. Don't worry about loving a country that doesn't love you back. Love it. Love that country and fight for it when it earns that sort of respect. Yep. But, you know, don't just love it because you happen to fucking be born here. You know, you don't need to have pride for something you never achieved. You know, or something you didn't have to work for. Um, You know, so that's 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 that. Care about, you know, I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We should have learned how to pledge allegiance to the people of the United States of America instead of pledging allegiance to the flag. Amen. You know? And please remember to go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, that way you can find exclusive content like our videos. Find us on Twitter at PolitipopPod, Instagram at PolitipopPodcast, email us at PolitipopCast at gmail.com. And special thanks to all of your listeners and all of our new followers on Twitter and, you know, everyone who's downloading the episode, showing their support. And uh, also thanks to Antonia Chava for logo design for the Politipop Podcast. I've been Mike Booch. And I've been Ty. And remember, no matter what you are watching no matter what you're choosing to scare yourself with this month no matter what you're reading no matter what you're listening to please never stop thinking never stop learning and read between the lines and scene thank you